Welcome to another new episode of the Declutter Me podcast with myself, Shalina. I hope you're well and looking after yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode today, especially if you've seen the title of this episode. Um, It's going to be heavy. It's going to be depressing. um, But it's going to be about me talking about my depression. Do you like what I did there? Anyway, so I talk about mental health quite often in real life with clients and on this podcast um, as I've had depression for years, even decades. I've had it since, I'm sure, since I was a teenager. Um, I was a pain in the backside to my parents. I was moody. I was argumentative. I had hormone issues. Couldn't control my anger and I had crying fits. I was just a nightmare. Um, And I've had depression ever since. But, you know, I, I... I moved to Kenya when I was 16 for a year. My plan, that my parents um, wanted to move there permanently. And after a year, my parents realized it was the biggest mistake ever we made in our life and moved back to the UK after a year of hell. And moving back and forth at that important time in my life, as well as changing schools and dealing with family, it just messed up my head even more than it already was. And I have had and mental health issues mostly because of that trip to Kenya not even a trip it was it we were living there for a year um it 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 just screwed my head up um and of course it was the 90s so no one talked about mental health especially brown families you know you were just supposed to suck it up and just carry on badly and that's what's happened so and it happened for many years you know if I cried or if I yelled it was like I was just being difficult and I was you know, being painful, whether in my life, at school or whatever. Um, and, and it was a tough time. Um, and then, you know, I did two extra years of A-levels because I did a year in Kenya and it was a waste of time. Um, so I was a year below my friends and my peers. Then went to uni in London and did a law degree. And, you know, I didn't get the best A-levels. I didn't get the A-levels I should have got to go to a really good uni. So I went to this uni had a crazy time. It wasn't drug fueled or alcohol fueled. It was mostly fueled by tango. And if you remember tango, it used to have a lot of chemicals in it, which would go to my head. I used to dance on tables after drinking tango and people would think it was alcohol, but it never was. Um, and yeah, I used to go clubbing a lot as well. I used to dance on stages. I was fun and it was, it was a good time. It used to be when you could smoke in clubs and stuff and you know, you'd hit, smell people smoking weed. It was great. Maybe shouldn't be talking about weed on here, but anyway, so that was my life. So I didn't study much. I did still get a law degree and became a lawyer. And then I worked for a few years in London with an amazing boss who's still my mentor, who tolerated me with my mental health issues and 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 as I said is still one of my good friends and my mentors but then I moved to Dubai and yeah that was not a good idea I I moved to Dubai alone I you know had 14 months of living here and then I realized I had to do a few more degrees to become a solicitor so I went back to London to do that so I repatriated I went back to living with my parents after a year living alone and um yeah and all my mental health issues just came to head and then I had a mental breakdown and 
it was horrific. It was like a week of me having a breakdown to the point that my parents were like, you need to go see someone. We can't take this anymore. My brother was like, I'm not even going to talk to you anymore. You know, it was that bad. So I finally went to see a psychiatrist and she was great. She explained everything to me. She said that, you know, my issue wasn't, um, it wasn't, something due to me it was a chemical imbalance it's a it was science and I had studied science in my A-levels I actually was a science person more than you know like a literature kind of person even though I did English literature A-level but anyway so I've always been a science person so when she explained it properly you know she explained the you know the enzymes are not connected together you need something to help make them go back into line it just made sense and I had relief then she gave me Prozac now, I had Prozac and a counsellor. I was living then, was it the 90s? No, the 2000s, 2006. I was living the 2006 dream, Prozac and a counsellor. It was like being in New York, but I was in Kent. It was great. Um, and it was the best thing for me. I went numb for a year. I lost my libido. I lost my anger. I stopped crying. I was just numb. It was liberating not to feel anything. I didn't fancy any guys. I just kept on working and studying. I did well in my courses. I qualified to become a solicitor in the fast track scheme. And I realized I was actually really clever deep down inside that imbalanced brain of my mind. But I had to go through that, you know, and people will say Prozac is terrible. You get addicted to Prozac and it's bad for you. But for me, it was the best thing ever. I was stabilized. I was normal. Well, not normal. I was numb normal. Um, and then I decided to screw that all up and move back to Dubai because I got a job offer. And I worked with um, I worked with a terrible person who made my life miserable for six months. Stopped taking the Prozac got very ill for six months, got my first cat, Jasmine, who was my therapy cat. And then I moved to a law firm and the bullying continued with three women. I don't know why, it's always the women that do the bullying. Um, and of course, I seem like I'm strong and I, you know, I'm mouthy and I look like I can handle myself. But that's the thing with mental health. You can't, like, you know, there are things underneath, but people can't see it. They can't see how sensitive you might be how vulnerable you might be you know what's going on in your head people don't see that so obviously people didn't see that and people saw that I was getting vulnerable and upset and then just going on with the bullying so there was that to deal with and of course then dealing with mental health issues in a law firm and in-house working for corporates people didn't understand what mental health especially in this region it's only now become a thing for the last few a few years but you know in in the law world you work long hours everyone's tried to prove they're better at being a lawyer and they're ruthless and horrible um it's just brutal and it was brutal for my soul i i i had no way to deal with my issues and i had no one to talk to because my counselor was in the uk um and f i finally i had a breakdown i just had a breakdown and um my, a friend said to me, you need to go see a doctor. So we found someone that I could go see. And he's been my doctor ever since. And so that was in 2008. Um, and I found him and he put me on what I call my happy pills. And I've been on them ever since with him. I'm on a very low dosage now, um, but I'm still on them. And I'm never going to stop. I have stopped before because there was still the thing, you know, my mom was like, you know, you shouldn't have these this medicine in you, you shouldn't have these chemicals in you, you should get off it, you don't need it all the time. And it's like, 
no, I've stopped and then I've had the issues again. So now it's got to the point that the doctor and I have said, I just need to have this for the rest of my life. And I'm happy about that because I'm happy, even though I have my low moments, but I'm happy. I mean, put it, put it this way. I went to Disney World in 2019 with my family. We went to the happiest place in the world and I still had a breakdown. It was, there was various factors to it, including Jasmine, the therapy cat, having died the month before, so I was in grief. But yeah, you know, the point is you can get depressed anywhere. Even in the happiest place in the world, you can be depressed. It was bad. It was really bad. And it can be awful. It can be debilitating. Um, I don't have it that bad compared to friends. I mean, that incident that happened when we were in Orlando, that was the first time in many years that I had become debilitated. I couldn't get out of bed. I was just sobbing. I didn't sleep for the whole night. I didn't, couldn't, my mum and I just couldn't talk to each other. I was in such a state. Um, they finally did get me out. Um, and so I, I, you know, and, but I know friends who have had mental health issues and they can't get out of bed. Um, I have clients like that as well. Um, and it, it does happen. It, it, you lose the function of your, your life, you know, um, some days, you know, are rough. I'm not going to lie, even for myself, you know, I mean, even though I don't have it that bad, some days are rough. Uh, the last few days have been rough for me for various reasons I've had to deal with. Valentine's Day didn't help. Um, I didn't want to record this episode. I wanted to go lie in bed, but I was like, I have to. This is the only day I can record this episode. I have so many obligations for my work and my life that I can't mess up my schedule for the sake of depression, you know. So I have I had to just suck it up and get on with it. But then I suppose I've been trained like that. That's how I've been since um, I turned 20s or even before then, that you just get on with it. And that's not a great way to deal with it, but that's how I deal with it. Um, and I know, though, that many clients and maybe you as listeners have mental health issues and you have to deal with it and you don't know how to deal with it and you just go into your bed and just hide there or hide somewhere and you you lose control of your physical environment. Um, and that's not an unusual situation. It's something I see every week in my role as a professional organizer. You know, the great thing is that my clients have gotten to that point where the debilitation has sort of lifted a little bit. There's still the fog, but it's not as bad. And they know they need some way to clear the fog. And they, if they remove the physical clutter, it can clear up part of the mental clutter in them. Um, and that's huge. That's a massive thing when someone gets to that point. Um, and that realization can take days or weeks or even years. But I want you to know it's not an unusual situation. So that's what I wanted to relay to you today. My story as, as, as you know, I think I've been very intimate with you, giving you my full story of my depression. Well, not the full story. There's so many other things that happened, but this is the timeline of my life. You know, this is what's happened to me. Um, and it's not unusual. So having depression or other mental health issues is not unusual. It's not a terrible thing to have. It's an illness that is recognized more and more now, especially since the pandemic. But, you know, we, we've never been able to put a plaster on our head to show we're ill. It's not like, you know, when you have a physical illness, you know, like you have a broken bone and you have a plaster and people are like, oh, you poor thing. Oh, let's write on it. They don't have that when there's mental health issues. So, 
you know, and then when you express yourself, people just go, oh my God, she's just crazy. And, and that's horrible. That's depressing. That's even more depressing than having depression. But we're getting better. The, the world is getting better with this whole situation, which is great. Um, but yeah, I wanted you to know that it is out there. A lot of people have that situation. A lot of organizers deal with people with mental health issues. I do. It's one of, it's, it's kind of my speciality, I suppose, because I have mental health issues. Like when I see people's medicine and I go, oh, you take that? Oh, I've taken that. Or what do you take? And people tell me all kinds of things they have take. And I, I, I don't know a lot of the medicine. And I never took Xanax. I have anxiety sometimes, but I just won't take Xanax. I'm just like, no, never going to take it. But I know that lots of people do. Or they have Xanax in their bags just to keep them company you know, just in case, then they'd never take it, but it's there just in case. So I know it happens. A lot of people have that, you know, you might not th realize it. You might think you're the only one doing that, but you're not. There's loads of people like that. But anyway, um, so hopefully I've enlightened you with my ramblings today. I'm sorry if it's a bit more of a rambling kind of episode than normal. Um, there are no quick tips or advice, but if the fog is lifting a little bit for you and you're covered in clutter and you're like, I need to get this sorted out. I need to get part of my life and my head sorted out. Then, you know, get in touch with me, get in touch with an organizer near you, get the help that you need for the physical part of it. And then go see someone to talk about the mental side of it, whether it's a counselor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, one of the size you know find someone um if you live in dubai i can recommend the lighthouse arabia and i've talked to to dr saliha um a few times before about mental health issues um and i'll share the podcast that we've uh the episodes that we did together um and yeah thanks for listening as always I'm, and and once again i'm sorry if it's a bit rambly today but thank you for listening if you found this useful and you think it'll be useful for other people to listen to please share it with them you know let them hear it um and yeah if you love it please leave a review as well because that would be really helpful or just do the you know the five stars or whatever yeah do some five stars for me um and if you want more tips and advice you can always follow me at d-e-c-l-u-t-t-r-m-e um, or you can get in touch with me at my website www.d-e-c-l-u-t-t-r-m-e.com and thank you so much again for listening and i hope you found it useful if you did leave a comment and i'll speak to you next week take care bye